You know, I'm gonna give you a history lesson. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. <laughs> Stop laughing! And when I do, start fucking. Also, y'all did some nasty ass jokes on my ass, too. Funny jokes and unfunny jokes come out of the same birth. You fucking guys are unbelievable. Good evening, everybody. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? A history of comedy podcast today, not live from the vaulted podcast studios, but instead we're on StreamYard. And uh, today I'm pleased to introduce to you celebrities attempting stand up. And uh, of course, our lovely guest, Royce Lopez. What's up, buddy? Lovely. Hey, what's up, guys? I am not lovely. <laughs> I'm high, but I'm good. I'm I glad try to do a professional intro. I try to be a broadcaster I, when I do I this tried stuff. like 12 years ago. I'm done doing that now. I, I don't. I, I don't hit the post on purpose now. I don't care. I don't care. Like it's, it's, it used to care. Like I got into all this shit, like, because I really like talk radio, like yeah. really into it. Like I loved it. Like, you know, you still listen to Opie and Anthony. I actually fucking helped Anthony set up a stupid first compound show. No shit. That's yeah. actually, I, I found you guys. Cause when Anthony got fired, mm-hmm. my YouTube algorithm was basically all, uh, fucking stand with ant content. Yeah. And uh, I started getting your guys' videos. Revenge of the Sis, by the way, is the podcast. Yes. Yeah. And, and I don't know, man. It's just like, and I used to like, oh, all professional and hit the post. And now every content creator is like calling every one of those a pedophile and they want to fight each other in real life. I'm like, so why am I trying so hard? And they're making millions of dollars and I'm over here fucking hitting the post and being professional for what? <laughs> well, listen, not all pedophiles are making millions of dollars. We also have this podcast where you can find on blindmike.net all our links, patreon.com slash blindmike, support the show. Um, but also put, uh, support Revenge of the Sis. Because like I said, I found you guys because you talk about uh, a lot of the same topics that we do. And we started getting into it a little bit about uh, stuttering John before the show, <laughs> who is, this will be coming out a couple weeks after we're recording, but we'll talk about it more on the Blind Mike Project. He's going after our boy Carl from WATP, and you told me he went after you as well? Yeah, Carl's, first off, Carl's our boy. We love Carl. We've done a yeah. show a couple of times at our show. He fucking rules. He's the best. When we, when we did the, when we did the Dick, did the Dick Masterson, the road rage thing in Tampa, we hung out with him and Dick and all that. It was fun. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this. Carl's a good dude. He's very fucking funny. But yeah, stuttering John, we're, we're making fun of him a lot because he's stuttering John. And um, it was like early days when he first started his podcast. Someone was like, hey, man, you know, stuttering John's like doing a podcast. I mean, he's fucking doing what? And I go look at it and it's as bad as you would think. He fucking sucks. But there's a charm to how stupid he is. Right. So we just joked around with him. Well, by the way, we don't even do anything too mean. It was just, just making general making fun of him. Yeah. And I get a DM from stuttering John's account on my personal Twitter. And it's like, this is stuttering John's lawyer. My name is blah, blah, blah. I forget his name. And I'm from the law firm of blah, blah, blah. And if you don't cease and desist, we're going to take you to court for copyright infringement. And I just replied LOL to him. I was like, okay. I sent it to my lawyer. My lawyer started laughing. He's like, bro, don't take, don't even take those videos down. Fuck him. He can't do anything to you. Everything you've done is completely legal. So, you know, I don't know. Most litigation is done via DM. I think you guys should be a little worried. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, lucky I didn't have an AOL instant messenger. It might have come through an away message or something. I don't fuck <laughs> what, what little fucking carny stuttering John is, too. Yeah, now he's bitching because he's like, oh, well, these clubs, these clubs won't hire me. A club in yeah. California, by the way, because I'm too progressive. Because, yeah, you know, that's what's happening. All the fucking <laughs> progressive people, they're getting kicked off a platform. Oh, you're, you're right. Oh, yeah. there's a fucking tsunami of progressive. Come on, shut the fuck up, John. 
All right. Well, that, that's true too, by the way. If you guys want to check out Revenge of the Sis podcast, for any of you fucks that have been calling me a liberal cuck the last few weeks, I wouldn't have this madman on. Check out oh, his Twitter. It's all it's a Craig wet dream. It's all guns and vaccine talk. Hell yeah. Yeah, dog. I don't care. <laughs> I convinced a bunch of people today on Twitter that I was a fucking real doctor from Johns Hopkins University. <laughs> and a bunch of people, is this true? And a bunch of people started calling Johns Hopkins being like, is this guy really work there? Because if he does, and I was fucking crying, this guy was screaming at me going, my cousin died of COVID and what you did is not funny. I go, I don't know. I think it's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> uh, you know, Craig, I, Craig, if you listen to Revenge of the Sis, you actually should. It's right up your alley. I will definitely do that if that's the topics hell yeah, yeah. stuttering john guns <laughs> covid yeah. dude i'm telling you man a lot of people a lot of people are like oh you guys are just you know when we listen to our shows like you guys are just trying to be conservative like crowder i'm like first off crowder fucking sucks thank and, you and secondly and i'll say that to his fucking face uh when he's wearing a dress again and pretending to be straight um i <laughs> those things are crowded you know crowder stuff the whole yale thing yeah. but I, I'm more of a, I'm more of, I've always been a comedy over politics over anything, right? Like always like that to me is, I don't, I'll, I'll make fun. Of any, I'll make Lindsey Graham is basically a gay plantation owner. Like I don't care, yep. you know, right. to me, if you're funny, I don't give a shit. Like I've laughed at him. Look, if you're a funny guy on the left and you're come town's a great example, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. They're socialists basically, funny, but, but they're look, hilarious. They're fucking funny. Right. Yeah. Like I don't give a shit. Like to me, I'm not a guy who gets into like, Oh, if I don't like your politics, I'm like, I don't give a fuck, man. Dave Chappelle's hilarious. And he doesn't black power shit. And I don't give a fuck because he's funny. And you know why I'm a, I'm a person who respects people that are upfront with me. Right. Right. Like if you come to my face and go, look, I'm a fucking commie tanky. And that's what I am. I'll be like, Hey, you know what? Respect. At least you're being honest with me. What I don't like is like the fucking people that pretend there's something else. That's what bothers yeah. me, you know? Yeah. And that's why, that's why we kind of have crossover topics. So like, uh, this show, typically we take a positive, uh, look at stand up. We break down comics from the past that we like and things like that. But when I reached out to Royce, I said, is there any topics you might find interesting? And his immediate response was Brendan Schaub's always fun. <laughs> and I was like, all right, we've look, done help you guys out right now. Yeah. This is, and you guys are doing good. I've seen your channels. You guys are doing pretty well, especially for a newer show. <laughs> Thank Better you. than we did. Um, then again, we were the first year we existed. We were banned off of YouTube for six months because all the strikes we got. Okay, that doesn't help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We they basically said we bullied and harassed Jeffrey Epstein, which is a real thing. Oh, we got a strike for harass. Oh my fucking mother! Oh, we got a bully and harass. A nice guy. You should have oh. left him alone. I, <laughs> I don't understand. Hillary should, have fucking, Hillary should have left him alone. <laughs> but, but um, but yeah. So so like um, I I what was I saying? I I completely forgot. Um, our channel is great. You said. Yeah, We're your channel. That, of course, he fucking remembers that. <laughs> uh, no, were, no, it's you were it, banned for Epstein. Now help you out. If you do Brandon, that's what I was going to remember. Oh yes, yeah. If yeah. you do Brandon Shop stuff, that's hot in the algorithm right now. You oh, fucking, for sure. You tag that. You tag that bad boy right. That video will take off. Right. So I'm just free. Just telling you. Every time, right now, whenever we we just make fun of Brandon because it's so easy. Yeah. I mean, I make I clip that, put it on the clip channel, put thirty thousand views. Like, and the other videos do nothing, but those just blow up right. because everybody likes making fun of this fucking clown. So when he, when Royce told me that I was like, all right, we've done Brennan Schaub on the blind Mike project. We've done it on Patreon episodes. I can't again do it on why are you laughing, but 
I if we it. if we frame it like we're attacking celebrities attempting stand up, <laughs> then I, I can kind of make it fit the format. So that's what we're doing today. Um, so I we'll love that. With- by the way, can I give you? I love man. You're right up. This show is right up my alley. Celebrities trying stand up, dude. Is is I already? I'm already tingling at the douche shills I'm going to get because it's my favorite. Like, so it's like when Bruce Willis, tr- Bruce Willis tried to have, to have a blues band. Whenever <laughs> celebrities get out of their lane, it's hilarious. Yeah. One of our first Patreon episodes was celebrities attempting music and we got uh, Joe Pesci. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, his rap! <laughs> Uh, his rap is great, but him singing "What a Wonderful World" oh, might so be the best piece of music of all time. It's one of my son's Steven favorite Seagal. songs. Steven Seagal, Steven Seagal's music. It's really actually good. it's pretty. It's yeah. good. It's actually good. Steven Seagal. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as I wanted it to be. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Blue singer, blue singer, Steven Seagal from the Bayou. Yeah, yeah. Um. So let's start, Craig. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to skip Mick. I'm going to skip the Mick Foley clips. I think. Yeah, they're too. So good. I started with Mick Foley. I like Mick Foley. Mick Foley's funny for me because Mick Foley's a guy who I don't I don't judge him for doing stand up because he's not really doing stand up. He's telling stories right. more. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. I get that. People probably want to hear his, you know, crazy shit he did in wrestling. I, that's you know, I, so that that, that kind of like storytelling stuff doesn't really. Right. It's kind of like what Kevin Smith used to do, right? Kevin Smith's not a stand up, right? But right. he'd sit there for two hours and talk about movies and shit that he did, which there's a market for that. Yeah, there were just a couple things in the Mick Foley thing that I found funny that a lot of celebrities do. There were a lot of applause breaks based on, hey, I'm a famous guy. And hey, I'm going to oh, say Stone Heat. Cold Steve Austin's name and get an applause. Exactly. Dude, Cheap Heat. I love but Cheap Heat is the best. It's like, wow, I sure love being in Seattle. Like, that's, <laughs> man, aren't the Supersonics? They're not there anymore. But aren't the Supersonics great? <laughs> that was one of yeah, his gimmicks when he was a wrestler. That. I know it was fucking great. I interviewed Mick Foley. Oh, he's the man. Interviewed Mick Foley seven years ago. Probably. You, want, you want to talk about a psycho liberal? That guy. See his dude. But you know, we interviewed him seven years ago. He wasn't really even. To, we didn't really talk about politics. But now all of a sudden he's now like, I'm going to leave Twitter because Elon Musk is a Nazi, and I'm like, uh, what a weird world I live in. That mankind <laughs> is screaming that the Tesla guy is a Nazi. And it's going to be Twitter. I'm like, a lot of people get angry because I used to get mad, and now like we're, we're through the looking glass, and it's every, you have to laugh at everything, dude. The absurd things that have been happening. Like I really believe. In the Matrix theory, which is 1999 was the peak of human civilization. Yeah. After that, I don't know, man. Limp Bizkit caused 9/11, and now we're here. <laughs> it did. We definitely we peaked in high school. We peaked years ago, 100%. and now we're fucking wasting away. <laughs> you're right, man. Now you're just like I don't know, man. I guess it's a new Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like I said, Mick Foley, like he had good stage presence. Like you said, he was a good storyteller. He just did a couple of those things that bugged me. But if you want to start with a real bad one that I think we'll have fun with, we should go to the T.I. clips. Okay. Are you aware that he has started stand up? No. And then thank you. I'm so excited. Now, T.I. the rapper. Yes. T.I. the rapper. Now, to tie it into our boy, Brendan Schaub, I was on, to tie it into everything we've talked about, I guess, I was on WATP a couple months ago. And we did the King and the Sting in the Wing, which is Shab, <laughs> Dalia, and Theo Vaughn. Yes. And I I sent uh, Carl a clip where Brendan Shab says, "Did you guys hear Ti is doing stand up?" And kind of rolls his eyes, like, "What? 
these douchebag celebrities that just get on stage because of their name. Right. Everyone, <laughs> you know, when that's, he is that out of touch, bro. I know and people laugh. He's that out of touch. Like he does that shit all the time. Like I remember when the whole Shane Gillis thing happened with SNL where they didn't hire him because he did an Asian accent or whatever. Right, right, right. And I remember I watching an episode of fighter and the kid on our show, a clip of where Brennan Schaub's like, you know, I get it, man. Like the Asian community is going to be upset at that, like taking SNL side. Uh-huh. And then I just remember his fucking first special when he was doing the Asian UFC. Oh. Doc, like, Oh, oh well, hey, so don't spoil it. Don't no spoilers. Don't spoil. We're going to get there. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> no, um, but first, let's hear uh, T.I. taking the stage. This is uh, so he's been getting a lot of shit from comedians for the same thing I just said about Brendan Schaub. Mm-hmm. A lot of actual comics and mostly open micers, I'm sure, are bitching that T.I. is getting stage time. And so he kind of addresses that here and then gets into some other stuff. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, the shit. <laughs> What's odd to me is the motherfuckers hate to see me up here on stage <laughs> telling my life, sharing my experiences, getting laughs. You supposed to laugh. Yeah, that room is laughing so much. They hate to see that shit. They, but they have no problem seeing me in prison, though. Here's why though Here's why because you being in prison Would actually be funny <laughs> It really would <laughs> I, I would laugh way harder It doesn't the premise doesn't make any sense He's acting like Because no, who Who was laughing at him for being in prison No one was like ah oh, this yeah. is great man This is good material There's nothing worse yeah, well, than what Oh god sorry no, no, you guys. Sorry, I was gonna say there's nothing worse than a comic going and doing a thing, building up for that expected joke laugh to go with them, and they stay silent. You're supposed to laugh there. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the best for me. Like I love comics bombing, but but it, it's it, his his his. You go, you guys were laughing. Like yeah, I yes, because I would wake up in the morning and just giggle to myself when he was in prison. I'd be like, today's a bad day, but at least I'm not Ti and just Thank start. Oh, you remember TIs in prison? That's that's kind of funny. You know, no matter. Look, inflation is crazy right now. I can't afford gas, but TIs in prison. So at least I'm not him. Well, that's why that's why it's a bad idea for a lot of these people to get into stand up because they're so out of touch with reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we we've, we've debated before. Like, if Eddie Murphy came back, would he be funny? Because he's been famous for so long, he's got to be completely out of touch like would he be able to relate to people and then you could say he could do material about that because he's a very talented comedian ti is both working against him because he is a completely untalented comedian who has lost touch with reality (laughs) yeah man it's it's this what happens with celebrities like i I think they get bored you know and they're like, oh, I, I could do anything, you know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm multifaceted. And then you're like, no, you're not. Like, you're not, you're not going to be a comedian, you know. Right. Brendan Shine, Brendan Shine, maybe, you, maybe you could have been a comic, but that before you got punched 150 times in your brain, you know, like <laughs> right. in a mat. It's, it's, it's like, it, I, it, it really, it's a weird ego thing, right? It's like yeah. when you become like Ti, you're probably surrounded by people that always tell you, yeah, man, everything you do is awesome and you're great, right. and and obviously you're those people are getting money off of you, so they're not gonna want to be like, hey, man, you kind of fucking suck, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Because they'll be like, no, no, man, T.I., you said was great, Mo. There's hunkies that didn't know what they were doing, to use an old racial term, I guess. Sure. <laughs> it's it's the greatest, though, because like he does the Jeb Bush thing there, where he's like, you guys are supposed to clap here. Come on. Please clap. But there's a different, there's a clip I didn't include, where he's in front of what I assume is his audience, like a more of a rap audience, because he comes out and does stand-up, and they just boo him mercilessly. <laughs> They're like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Good. These people need to be humiliated. These right. motherfuckers got so cocky. They sang Imagine like it was going to fix the world. Right. All these fuckers should be shamed every day of their life. And what they don't realize, this is why I actually respect like the guys that try this like Steve-O. Because Steve-O got into like, comedy and started playing clubs and shit, but he'll staple his nuts to his leg and light himself on fire. He knows he's Steve-O. I like you know what Steve-O. I mean? Steve-O's a humble dude, believe it. How right. crazy is Every time I see Steve-O, he's a nice guy. He, he's not he's not arrogant like you can never right. go steve so johnny knoxville kind of is but steve more you know like yeah man you know whatever like i got lucky you know i had drug yeah. problem i don't anymore and i did crazy shit and now i just you know i want to tell my stories so you're like oh yeah i can respect that it, it's the same thing with me like theo von theo von's a dude like i like theo von right mm-hmm. some people are like oh yeah all these people all, all the la comics suck and a lot of them do but someone like Theovon was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm just, I'm just doing my thing. You know, like I'm, he's like the Joe dirt to me. Right. Where he's like, yeah, I'm just hanging out here, man. You're just making my money with my mullet. And I'm like, all right, you know, I kind of like the guy. Yeah. I think the sincerity has a lot to do with it. I think you could say that with TI or with Shaba, with anybody that gets that famous, they don't understand. They've, they've lived so long being in this bubble that they can't fathom when they go into another space that people aren't going to be like, who the fuck are you parking in the front of the comedy club when I've been working here for 10 years, you know? Right. Exactly. And they have no concept that it takes 10 years for very funny people to get good at stand up. Of course. You know what I mean? Like Shane Gillis got successful when he was 33, 34 years old, and he's like a wonderkind. <laughs> he's hilarious at a very young age. Like most yep. guys. And he was doing stand up for 12 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's considered fast track. Like I listen to, uh, I don't know if you listen to Joe List at all, who I think is an incredibly underrated stand up. I do know. I do know Joe List. Yes. And uh, his, his movie trailer just came out and he said, one of the comments was uh, like, Joe List kind of came out of nowhere. And Joe was like, I've been doing comedy for 22 years. <laughs> like, well, you know, that's some fucking, some, you know, uh, uh, some fresh faced kid in comedy. Like he's technically young compared to, you know, when Bill Burr got famous or whatever, but he's a 39 year old guy and people just look at it as like, ah, he came out of nowhere. You know, you know who else is like that? Ian finance. Um, he's another dude that's like just kind of now taking off. Yeah. Uh, but he was one of those, he's been doing this for a really long time. You know what I mean? And, and I think that, ha- I think with comedy is unlike like, like other things like sports and stuff, when you want to, you're at your peak when you're young in basketball or football, I think yeah. comedy is something like you really don't start peaking until you do it for a while, you know, yeah. until you actually build it up. And I think, you know, like the shop again, going back to shop, UTI, all of them. It's like, I think it's like, I, I have you ever seen any comedian get a Showtime special after one year of doing stand up? Like it's wild, right? That, that that's that's the part where I I'm not a stand up, right? But that's the part where even I'm mad. I'm like, how fucking dare you? You know, like yeah. there's some people out there that are fucking I, people that I know that are fucking million times funnier that 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 are never gonna get that shot, you know, because we're giving it to 
Brendan because he's friends with Joe Rogan. And I think that's what it is because he's I don't even I don't even dislike Joe Rogan. I'll be honest. I've always said it. I don't really like Joe Rogan stand up. It's not for me. OK, you know, I, I'm I didn't like his early stuff. I liked his last two specials. Yeah, that's just for me. But I yeah. think but I, I like I, I, I like Rogan as what he does. I think Rogan is a better podcaster than a stand up stand up guy. Yeah. Obviously, he's the biggest podcast in the fucking world. <laughs> right. But I think this is a situation where we, if we're being honest about this, it was because he's Rogan's friend. Like, there's literally no other reason that somebody would get those breaks. Right. Completely. And I'm, I mean, I've said me and Craig have talked about this a bunch where if Showtime came to me and said, uh, hey, Mike, we're going to give you $500,000 or, you know, $3 million or whatever the number is for uh, an hour special. I would say I'll gladly take it, but I would have to do that knowing it's going to be shit because I've never performed stand up. I've never been on TV before. There's no reason I should have that. So I would gladly take it, but I would have to do that knowing I'm going to get shit on. And I think that's the worst part about what you're seeing from TI here or what we'll talk about Shaw later is when they do get shit on when they first start, they're like, why is this happening? Because it's never happened to them before. No, you're right. I mean, it's people that it's if it's people that have never. That's the, which I won't say Shaw Bengal. I'll even use Ti. Right? Let's use Ti as an example. So we're gonna just talk about Shaw. We'll talk about Shaw later. Yeah. Ti is a great is a great example of of this where it's like I think there's no way to be a good comic and also have self esteem. I I really believe that, and I, I mean, even even I I think the funniest people in the world hate themselves and i think anybody that knows any comic and comics will tell you this like this isn't like you know they they hate themselves in some way right and i know that sounds existential but that is something like ti doesn't hate himself ti fucking loves himself right you know like which he is loves, great great yeah. good for you but just know and, that you don't have that rap. if yes. great for a rapper great yes. quality for a rapper to love yourself flossing you know i get it i get it right but to be a good comic like you have to have a sense of nihilism, right? You have to have a sense of everything is, everything's is fucked up and, or whatever. And, and, and you're sure you'll get rich and maybe that goes away. But I think that that's kind of what motivates you to be funny. If you name the funniest people in the world, right? That mm-hmm. Louis CK to me, only because Norm Macdonald died, Louis CK to me, I think is the funniest living comedian right now. Sure. Probably close second, Dave Chappelle, right? Right, right, right. That, that's that's what I think. And these guys, if you talk, read about them and see what they are, they fucking hate themselves, you know? Right, right. Watch, watch fucking Louie on FX and not think he's suicidal, right? Like, I'm like... Chappelle, I would say less so now, of which course. is why I think his last couple specials have been less funny. <laughs> yeah. No, no, agreed, agreed. And, and I think that, that comes and that happens to everybody. I mean, even Carlin, Carlin's later specials, we gave him a break because he was Carlin, but Carlin's last two specials weren't that great, you know? But he's George Carlin, you know? Yeah. They were uh, great philosophical speeches more than yes, comedy they, they, You know what they would have been? Bidden have him at the time? Great TED Talks. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great TED Talks. Because he's smart. What he said was right. But Brilliant, yeah. Fuck, did, I, did I laugh as hard as, as, you know, as some other, like when Louis did his joke on fucking abortion? Of course not, you not know? Right, right, right. Uh, all right, let's finish this clip. Go back a little bit, Craig, and then uh, we'll see how he handles this topic. And then I believe we end with a brilliant transition that really shows you these comedy chops. Oh, yeah. Prison, though. That shit's like, oh, yeah, that fits. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, you weren't supposed to laugh that hard just to yeah, this cool. I ain't gonna trip. Uh, I mean, 
mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to work through it. I'm going to work through it. And if anybody knows anything about me, you know, there's a such thing as the king of the South that I invented. Yeah. And the thing about it is the king of the South shit didn't mean as much to me as it did when motherfucker said that I couldn't have it. Exactly how I feel about comedy. Um, I'll play the next clip because the next clip is a uh, m- much more. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> what a fucking asshole! What a but smug! It, what a smug fuck this guy is, huh? It's he's like, bringing up, and that's it. Goes back to what you were saying a second ago. He's bringing up. He's inventing hardships. He's inventing the fact that we were laughing at him when he was in jail and that we hated when he called himself the king of the South. Uh, maybe people in the rap community did, but it, it's certainly not the audience that he's talking to here because they're like, what the fuck do you mean? Would it kill him to prepare you know even a little? Do? What's that? Yeah. So would it kill him to prepare even a little bit? Yes, it would. He has to roll blunts all day and stuff. Look, if you're going to be a black comic, that's the problem. If you're going to be a black comic and you talk like this, you have to have a catchphrase like hamburger or something like that. You know, you quack, quack. He should do that. He should like, you know, be like dirty, dirty South after every joke, you know? It would be great if T.I. did that and never, never addressed that he was T.I. or anything like he does shucky ducky quack quack and then goes and raps and the two are like different characters that he plays. <laughs> yeah, like Childish Gambino and, 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 Donald, and Donald Glover. Glover right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the next clip is what I was thinking of where it ends with a, a, one of the great transitions that a lot of comedians could learn from. This is all I do. <laughs> No, this is odd. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Usually it's music and lights and weed. Like, this is odd. Y'all motherfuckers looking at me, eyes full of expectations, not knowing what to expect. Hoping I just throw out a big word arbitrarily. If anybody don't understand some of the words that I'm saying as the ambassador of big words, I just ask that you raise your hand and let me know. I'll come to you and we'll talk about it sometime throughout the show. Let's not hold up everybody else's good time. Just, you know, but how many of y'all motherfuckers out there married? <laughs> what the fuck? Where did that segue come from? What the fuck was that? Anyway, what's what's the deal with airplane food? <laughs> How many y'all marry? <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that for no reason in the middle of a topic. I'm gonna be like, anyway, how many y'all marry? <laughs> to go back to like Def Jam comics, uh, I speaking of come town earlier, mm-hmm. uh, they introduced me to some guy that j- just walks on stage. He was like a Def Jam comic. Mm-hmm. He walks out on stage. And he just goes, uh, how many of y'all like sex? <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> like, what a fucking well, what a segue. <laughs> We're pretty smart though. Everyone likes sex. <laughs> He's right. It's, it's that cheap heat again, you know, again. <laughs> but yeah, Craig, we, Craig was right too. There was zero prep that went into this. He's like, oh, I'll throw out the word arbitrarily. No one will know what that means. And it's like, By well, the way, that's it. not even that big of a word, you fucking no, it's retard. A, it's <laughs> like, a 40 cent word. He also, I know. Arbitrarily is what he thinks a big 
word is? What does he think the small word is? He's also saying the crowd's dumb too, because he's like, if you don't know what I'm saying, I'll come tell you. I'll walk out there yeah, and yeah, I'll he's explain himself it to you. way above the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause when when I when I when I think of just like these these big brain philosophers, you know, you know what comes to my mind, right? Like I go like, yeah, you know, like you know, Nietzsche, whoa, wow, and and then Ti, you know, all, all of these like brilliant thinkers of our time, Plato, yeah. Um, I I might be skipping around, Craig. Just be prepared to skip some of these because yeah. I can tell. I, I'm loving having Royce on right now, mm-hmm. and I can tell that Brendan Schaub thing is going to take us 45 minutes to get through. Well, this is great because I, I, did, <laughs> I did I did get to I did pull up Ti's philosophy book. Let me read one of the passages. Ready? Oh, please, this, yes. This is Steve. Ready? I got my 44 and my dro on my Chevy on 24s <laughs> and my hoe. Now where am I supposed to go? I got my 44 and my Dro and my Chevy on 24s. See what I mean? Like, guy's pretty brilliant, you know? Very similar to a mind like Richard Pryor, I would say. Right, right, right. Except I wish this guy would set himself on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next guy I have in line is uh, Rob Schneider. Oh, Schneider. So Rob Schneider doesn't totally fit the category we're talking about because he did start in comedy and in stand-up. Um, he got hell. away from that and became like a catchphrase actor where, you know, you had people's quoting, uh, you can do it and making copies and all that shit. Making copies. <laughs> making copies. So, so I do feel kind of bad for Schneider because I remember like he had a radio appearance in Florida uh, years ago where he was promoting some gig, like a local gig, and he was just really rude to the radio guys, and they were like, what the fuck, man? Like, we're trying to help promote you. But it seems like he has this defense mechanism of, uh, you must be making fun of me because I'm Sandler's bitch. <laughs> like, no matter what people say to him, he has that those walls up. And he even has a bit where he's listing the net worths of his friends. He's like, Chris Rock is worth $120 million. David Spade's worth $30 million. It's like, why are you focused on that, man? Just do and your he, act. And he, and he had like a show on Netflix not too long ago called, it's called Rob or whatever. Yeah. And I actually tried to watch it. I watched like a couple episodes and like the show sucked. His wife in it is hot though. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, they find a funny way of doing that, Royce. Yeah, I don't know what it's it's almost like they like him because of his money and stuff, you know. Weird. Yeah, when I watch I don't think women, when I, women are like that. Yeah, when I watch grown ups, I'm like, yeah, Adam Sandler could get Selma Hayek, definitely. Yeah, sure. when I watch you when I watch grown ups, I think, man, I wish the fucking of movie studio would pay me to go on vacation with my friends. That seems like fun. I want to go to Hawaii. I like that both of you are watching grown ups for some reason. It's a good movie. Well, I mean, how am I, how am I supposed how am I supposed to come? <laughs> Checkmate, sir. Fair enough. That's a great point. Um but play play the second Rob Schneider clip. Because I have one of his stand-up. It's something it's, nobody has ever said or will ever <laughs> say again, by the way. <laughs> he has so he has a special out on Netflix. It's only he mailed it in. It's like 40 minutes. He uh does very generic material about getting older and being married. And it's it's all the 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 hits that you've heard 10 million times. But the one unique thing he did is close his special. By having his daughter come out. You're, are you aware that his daughter is uh, the one-hit wonder L. King, the singer? No, but... Uh, she sang that X's and O's song? <laughs> oh, wait a second. That's his daughter? Yes, that is his daughter. That X's and O's song? Yep. Really? 
So I don't know that one. He ends, he ends his special like this. I, I, it needs no more setup than that. He ends his special like this. (laughs) I like that. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a treat for you, but more really a treat for me. The one and only my daughter, L King. He's trying to fuck her. Is it kind of a special Asian mama or what was that? Something Mexican kids, really? It said... Uh, was that really the title? Asian mama, Mexican... Yeah, Rob Schneider, Asian mama, Mexican kids. Buddy, come on, it's, man. It's very, it's very heavy on my wife is Mexican. Because <laughs> Guile. What a, what a wacky world that... Can you imagine being married to someone who isn't the same ethnicity as you? It's crazy what this Jim Crow guy was wrong now, I think. Imagine doing a 30-minute YouTube special on that topic. No, imagine doing a 25-minute special no, on that topic and having to do, and having to do five takes. <laughs> to, I was, to be I was fair, sorry. imagine doing an hour podcast on that special like we did. But, uh, excuse me, sir. Two hours for me. Okay, good. good. <laughs> I don't know. No shame. Actually, okay, so we're paused at the perfect place here. <laughs> Royce, what do you predict happens next? Um, I mean, I'm assuming she's she's gonna go out there and sing. Okay, that's that's an interesting take. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking like there's a pianist on on fucking stage. Yeah, sure. The X's well, and O's bitch, his daughter walks up, whatever her name is, and um and I'm she, assuming she might she might sing eventually. Let's hear what happens. If she tells stand up, I'll kill myself on your show. <laughs> it's weirder. It's weirder. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. I'm not trying to be dramatic or anything. <laughs> L King. Do you have that voice the whole time? Kind of. Nice that sweater, Rob. <laughs> yep. He's making out with his daughter. Yeah, that happens sometimes. <laughs> I just want to at least in my, at least in my that, porn uh, hubs. I used to be Rob. He's a category. L King's dad. <laughs> and, uh, I love you. I like that we Rob Schneider's audience is psyched for publicly, that. Publicly, you know, I thought maybe tonight. To be fair, I'm surprised with surprise Rob Schneider as a fucking audience, bro. This is his one. <laughs> oh, she's so ugly. Well, I don't she looks like Rob Schneider's daughter. I was, gonna, I was just gonna fucking say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just too bonding right now. Craig is in his element with Royce on the show. This is great. We have the same microphone and everything. We sure do. Killing it. Yep. I'll take it. See, so a Carol. This is my daughter. A candid colored clown they call the Sandman. No. 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 Singer out to watch me do it. Go to sleep. <laughs> they brought out a fucking. She brought his daughter who's a singer and he's singing of her. <laughs> Could you have ever imagined if I told you? If I told you Rob Schneider gets a Netflix special, once you, you know, once you pick up your jaw, he's got a Netflix special. He ends it in song. <laughs> Tell me these aren't fuck me eyes right here. He is going to fuck her. Look at those eyes he's giving her. Oh, look at his tongue out and everything. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Trump started a movement where it's okay to fuck your daughters, apparently. It's, it's all good. 
<laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen Biden's daughter's diary, so he may have actually started it, but whatever. <laughs> he gives him a nice tussle and a hair sniff. Yeah. You know? Want to go shower? Yeah. It's almost like all politicians are kind of pedophiles. That's weird, right? <laughs> it's weird. Re- regardless of political leaning, they're all hit-tuckers. They have that in common. You know, you know, you know, you know what didn't have a political party line? The people that were on Epstein's plane. It's <laughs> <That's> very true. <laughs> it's a hodgepodge for sure. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, who do we have next before we get to Shab? This is definitely worth playing. This is the situation. This is one of my favorites. Oh, no, yeah. Well, this is this is a classic one. <laughs> yeah. So I figure <laughs> we'll play sure? that before before we get to Shab. This is a classic one that a lot of people know of, but this is probably the worst roast bombing, at least in Comedy Central history. For sure. Um, the Mike, the situation from Jersey Shore, who I actually like, like, I've heard him in interviews since he got out of jail. I don't mind him, but this was when he was at the peak of feeling himself. <laughs> this was peak douchebaggery, and he's actually on the Trump roast. It's the roast of Donald Trump. Oh, that's so fucking great. <laughs> so he's roasting the future president, and uh, this is a brief clip from pre- what is considered pretty unanimously the worst roast in Comedy Central history. I would like to think that watching this, we're watching a future president roast a future president. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> president like the situation? Hell yeah. He's been through a lot of struggles. Yeah, hey, we- I'm gonna go into I'm gonna go into my situation room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh the fun we'd have with puns. <laughs> Winnie, what's your deal? You look like the chicks I used to bang before I had all this money. <laughs> You're a chick, right? Okay. Yeah. On the Jersey Show, we call ugly chicks grenades. But uh, I actually wouldn't call you a grenade because you're not blowing up anytime soon. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> basically, just like you're an ugly bitch. <laughs> she, she's treating. Look at that face frame. Look at that. That's hilarious. <laughs> Whitney Cummings is treating him like John Cena does in those videos when he's helping out kids. <laughs> she's like, oh, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell she's like, because I, I don't love Whitney's stand up, but she's like a genuine comedian. So when he tries to set her up like that, she's like, he goes, You're a chick, right? And she's like, okay, I, Do I have to play along with your insult that's about to come to me? Like, what the fuck yeah, are you exactly. doing? I'm going to set myself up. <laughs> You're a dumb cunt, right? <laughs> and okay, up, yes. Jeff, what's that? We're both from Jersey, and tonight's my first night doing comedy. <laughs> Oh, shit. Burn. Uh, it's also your last night. Oh, just so you know. <laughs> this is when when Jeffrey Ross still used to dress like an adult, and now he dresses like a fucking wigger. What the fuck happened to Jeffrey Ross, man? He's literally in a Napoleon costume in this one. Yeah, no. A lot of people did not love uh, the Bill Burr presents the special he just put out. That, bait uh, and switch, man. That's a bait and switch. I thought it was going to be a Bill Burr special, but it was all his friends. And I didn't love most of it, but I thought Burr was obviously the funniest one on there. And I thought the best line of the special was when he said that Jeff Ross looked like he'd been put, fished out of a lake. <laughs> this fucking bald head and no eyebrows anymore. <laughs> all right, all right. Enough of that, enough. All right, all right. I see you looking at me over there, Anthony Jezelnut. I know you're a little hater, but I know you're a funny dude as well. 
Because the other night I told one of your super funny jokes to a supermodel, and she was laughing while I was banging her brains out with a pile of money on the floor of my motherfucking mansion. <laughs> There's so much about the. It's so wordy. It's not really an insult because he says like. I, I told this girl a joke of yours and she laughed. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, you know what's funny? The only time Amy Schumer was ever funny is when Anthony Jeselnik was fucking her and writing her jokes for her. Yes. Is, <laughs> the timeline adds up, man. I have like a fucking Pepe Silva thing on my wall. I'm this, telling you. This guy you is. No, that's funny. Every, every time Amy Schumer comes up, I say, I think Amy Schumer used to be funny and I never correlated it with the fact that she was dating Jeselnik. <laughs> yeah, that's why. She, no, but being serious, I do think Amy Schumer used to be funny, but it's only when Anthony Jeselnik was coming comedy into her. Right. After that, it was just, just downhill. Yeah. yeah, that is how it works too. That's how I got Craig to be funny. <laughs> that's how I got ATV. <laughs> he said he's fucking me in the butt. Um, everyone catch it? All right. <laughs> We've... We've dilly, we've dilly dallied long enough here. Ah, okay. We've we've got to get to the cream of the crop <clears throat> because I have like fifteen clips of uh, the Gringo Poppy himself, Brendan ah, Shaw. So good. Uh, so I want to start with this, even though it's it it does happen within the bit that I picked. So the bit I picked is a story that I believe you've heard, Royce, but it's from. Uh, not his special. I didn't pick the version from his special. I chose the version from uh, This Is Not Happening, the, mm. the show that Comedy Central stole, stole from Ari Shafir. I remember that. Which is supposed to be a show where you tell a story uh, that you have never told on stage before. So the, sh- the story that Brendan Schaub has never told on stage before uh, was in his Showtime special. <laughs> so <laughs> it's an odd choice. But just to give you a little flavor, we'll go to the, we'll get to the meat of the story later and tell you a little more about what it was about. But just to give you a little flavor and tell you who Brendan Schaub is, um, I sent a compilation of <laughs> Brendan Schaub doing an impression of someone and who that actual person is. So Brendan Schaub is impersonating a doctor for the UFC or a physician, whatever he is, a trainer, something like that. Um. Brandon Schaub is doing a pr- an impression, and I think it's spot on, but you can judge for yourself here. This giant Asian doctor walks up to me and goes, Mr. Schaub, sorry for your loss. <laughs> Thank you. That makes me feel better. Thank you for that. He goes, but your lip. My name is Dr. Greg Shu. I'm a board-certified <laughs> ophthalmologist and the UFC consultant better, physician. Better English than anyone on this show. This man is speaking. <laughs> yeah, hi, this is Dr. Greg Shu. I uh, went to, uh, I went to uh, actually uh, Johns Hopkins Ment- uh, Medical Institution. I have been a therapist for 20 years, and uh, I was born in, I uh, was born in, born in Burbank. If I was casting for voiceover work, if I needed a voice guy, I'd go to this. This guy, yeah, he has that like that, that announcer voice. Yeah, he's almost stunningly Vader. articulate, almost yeah. Vader for sure. I, accents come and go. Let's keep playing. Maybe it's not consistent the whole way through. I take care of all the fighters as well as employees within the UFC family. He takes out the biggest syringe you've ever seen in your life. Like he's out of a goddamn comic book. Goes, Mister Shab, after you numb your lip, you need many, many stitches. This be worth paying your life, guaranteed. Worth paying your life. What I enjoy the most is really seeing the rapport that I have with the fighters. I've got to know them so well that they, they just know me now, and they just they just know me as the doc. 
you know what the worst part is? If Brendan ever fucking runs into this guy again, like, you know, like his UFC thing or something, he runs into this guy, he's going to have to look him in the eye and be like, <clears throat> doctor? Sir? <laughs> That's the wild thing. It's like, this is a guy Shab knows and has interacted with. <laughs> Gotta be honest, this didn't know you did interviews. <laughs> No, he's I'm not. Like this guy's like, oh yeah, you know, we're gonna have to uh, put a little, uh, we're gonna have to put a little numbing agent to get that. And Chop's like, and then he was like, a ching chong, a ding dong. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? <laughs> the doctor is almost annoyingly articulate to the I point know. where I'd be like, dude, you don't really talk like that. Come on, man, talk to me straight, doc. <laughs> Give me the bad news. <laughs> and Chop like, numb my lip, don't you? Chop <laughs> was like, oh, we had a wong dong. What the fuck, man? It's wild. And it's also wild to take that risk in a time where doing that accent could genuinely destroy your life. Like it could ruin your career. And you take a risk by doing an impersonation of a guy who speaks spot on so English. Bad. The English you dream about. Yeah, it was so bad. It's like someone going like, and you know, Barack Obama, he's like, yo, what up, bro? Like, what is he talking about? What is he talking about? We all heard what he talks. Yeah. That's a, a D's impression in Always Sunny, which is to oh. do Obama. Well, that was so funny. I remember that now. Yeah, it was. Um, so the, sh- the story that Brennan Chubb is telling there that we're going to dive into, like I said, it's on, this is not happening. The Roy Wood years that I don't support. Um, but he goes on to tell this story. The story he chooses is about his last fight in the UFC. I don't know a ton about it. So maybe you guys can help me with how some of the rankings work and things like that, because the way Brennan Schaub starts this story makes no sense to me. Fast forward 20 years later, I'm pursuing this exact dream in the UFC of a handful of fights under my belt and things are good. I'm ranked top 10 in the world. I'm chilling. I'm at home. My phone rings. I don't recognize the number. It's a Las Vegas area code. I go, that's interesting. I answer the phone. It's my boss. It's Dana White, president of the UFC. Brendan, Dana White here. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But everything with this guy is a name drop. It was the same thing with this special. Oh, I was hanging out with Joe Rogan the other day. And I'm like, stop, man. All right. Here's the thing, man. Never name drop. Jay Moore taught me that. Is that right? Yeah, no. Oh, that's very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, pish posh. I didn't realize you well, hopping up with a Jay Moore. What no, I'm I, I love that joke because I always use Jay Moore because it's like, do people even think about that guy anymore? <laughs> it's you know when I think about him is I wonder what Jay Moore is doing right now because <laughs> he used to be on top of the world. Well, <laughs> I I don't call him Jay Moore in my home. In my home, we call him Nikki Cox's ex husband. <laughs> I heard that end. Ended, like brutally, didn't very it? poorly. Yeah, that's <laughs> rough. I mean, it, this kind of ties into the celebrity show. Like Jay Moore is a genuine comedian, mm-hmm. but Jay Moore apparently, I've never heard of this in stand up before or since. His wife, and th- they acknowledge this in the credits in the press he did for it. He talked about it. He had a stand up special. I want to say Showtime, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on the network. Yeah. Um, but his wife wrote it for him. Yep. It was not his words. His wife wrote his special for him. And he got, Jay Moore got into this thing that you see all the time. I mean, particularly in Hollywood, but now on social media, you see it a ton. Any couple that is like, I, 
Oh, I love my wife so much. She's amazing. She's the reason I wake up in the morning. You can guarantee you can, you know, set your watch by their divorce clock. It's coming soon. Yeah. It's it's like whenever a couple gets like a joint Facebook account. Right. It's and I think I think that's exactly what happened there because it was literally not even a year later they got divorced. And I think that was a situation where it, it feels like and look, this is me guessing. I don't know what happened, but doesn't it seem like something like he was caught cheating or something? And she was like, I want to leave you. And she goes, no, honey, you're so smart. I'll tell you what, you know, next special, we'll just use everything that you wrote. <laughs> and she's like, OK, that's fine. But then he cheated on her again at the special. And then like, all right, you know, fuck you. Because <laughs> it's like, why not? Why not have her do the special? Have you seen her lately? Like, I wouldn't. I don't know what you. I don't know anything about her really. Not great. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll do more research into that. Um, so yeah, he's name dropping Dana White to get back to uh, Schraub here. Yeah. And uh, but well, let's take take name dropping out of it. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you just believe this story because we do. Know, he does know Dana White for his name dropping. A thousand percent. Of course, he interacts with him. A thousand percent. So he believing. must have stories about him interacting with Dana White. I don't know if this actually happened, though. I got a fight for you. MGM Grand, December 6th, number two guy in the world. Before I could even answer, he hangs up the phone. I'm like, well, I... All right. (laughs) I thought, man, that's weird. I'm like, like 10 or 11, he's ranked number two. Why would he give me this fight? He's better at everything than me. (laughs) He's bigger, he's faster, he's stronger. What the fuck am I going to do? So there's a lot there's a lot to unpack here, as the kids say. <laughs> First, the idea, this is my biggest problem with Shab. Of course, you can exaggerate, you can straight up make things up in comedy, absolutely. But it can't be something that the audience can just see through blatantly. Oh, of and course. There's no situation where Dana White, UFC commissioner, would call him, say, I got a fight for you. Here's a, a brief summary of some vague details and hang up before he gets a chance to accept. That's just not how it works. Yeah, I don't care how busy Dana White is. If he called, he'd be like, is that at least be like, is that cool, bro? And yeah. he'd be like, Oh no, yeah. You have a vacation true. scheduled that week. Anything. Exactly. Right. Like, what do you think? You know, instead it's just like, guess what? You're fighting. Click. I don't, I don't think that. for that. You could have texted him. And this goes back to the, it kind of goes in a weird way. I can tie it back to the, um, impression of of uh, the Asian doctor there because essentially without knowing it Brendan Schaub's impression of Dana White is that he's like a rude asshole yeah. <laughs> and Schaub is just saying well I can use that for the, I can use these people for my bits even though nothing close to this happened well that part's probably true Dana White being an asshole yeah yeah. yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> well, okay. So the second thing, I walk in. I walk in, man. I walk in, and Dana White's fucking Ronda Rousey on his desk, bro. <laughs> I swear to God, man. Which you know what? That might have also been true. Well, I don't know. I. You know what? I think another another thing I saw you guys cover. Another another clip that turned me on to your guys' show was. Uh, when you guys broke down Schaub ratting out Rogan and Dana White for slinging dick, yeah, bro, what kind of bro is that? No, what are you doing, man? Dude, the one there's like fucking bro code, right? Like you don't blow up somebody's fucking. Look, do I think Rogan's fucking a boy? Of course he is. Who wouldn't? He's the most popular guy in the goddamn world. <laughs> your buddy, the guy that gave you your fucking comedy career, you threw him under the bus. You just say into a microphone, yeah, Rogan slings dick. Come on, married man. with children. You fucking asshole. <laughs> it's funny too. 
Because his timeline is, I started comedy like three months ago. Rogan slings a lot of dick at the comedy club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> married for 12 years or something. Yeah. <laughs> so my second issue with this clip, the one I really couldn't wrap my mind around is, and you guys got to tell me, because you know UFC a little better than I do. Mm-hmm. He goes, what the, what is, what is Dana White doing? This guy's ranked number two in the world. I'm ranked 10th. How is that a fair fight? That's a favor for him because if he wins, he's going to move way up in the rankings. Of course. I was like, even if he loses and he puts up a good fight, he probably would still go up in the ranking depending on how he does in the fight. So he's in a pretty good situation, actually. Mm. So like I don't I don't know fighting, but like Michigan plays Appalachian State once in a while. You know, it, mm-hmm. it ha- mismatches happen. The idea that you guys are both ranked in the top ten is not a mismatch. This is the most it's obvious wild. thing. Yeah, this is the most obvious thing to ever happen because I don't think Brock Lesnar at any point in his life went, "Oh man, that guy's way bigger than me. He's gonna pound me into the ground." <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine Brock Lesnar be like, "Oh no, no, I'm a little worried about this fight." Like it's the USC, right? Like I get that there's a ranking system. System, but in reality, all of you are fucking professional fighters, right? Animals. <laughs> you could rip every, our heads off. Every if you're in the same division, every one of you, you'd be ranked 20th, and the person would be ranked number one. The 20th guy always has a chance if he knocks somebody out, right? Get him with a punch, right? Right. So He's making it seem like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like he's he's he's, a, he's like a five-year-old and you're making him fight Mike Tyson. That's not what's <laughs> happening. You're professional fighters. That's how the fight you know? turned out. Rocky in this situation. Yeah. He's he's imagining us running behind him as he runs up the steps. <laughs> he's well, fighting. yeah, well, I would push him down the steps because... <laughs> I, I, I'm so sick of this. And, you know, the other problem with Shab is if you watch his, we did this on our show recently, watch his early videos when he just started in the USC, the way he talks and the way he talks now, like his brain is damaged. Like, oh, yeah. He, sure. he, he's, he's talks. He's, he's not old enough to be talking like Joe Biden and he is. And it's weird. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I don't think I would even trash Shab if like, <laughs> I, so I look at Brendan Schaub I look at Brendan Schaub and I say the guy's been in stand up For five five to seven years I'm not exactly sure the timeline Let's call it five years Right. That's not enough time like we talked about To be a good stand up With like real chops And stage presence I wouldn't expect him to be that good And hey if people are offering him theater gigs And showtime specials That's hard to turn down so I understand it You should for the good of your career But I understand it's hard to turn down the reason I shit on Schaub is because when people make fun of him online, he goes out. I know you hate this guy, but uh, who's the mushmouth kid? I, on Z on you, I don't like that guy even a yeah. little bit, but we were the, we were the first ones to defend him and go, yeah, you can't be fucking suing people. It's crazy. You can't do that. That turns us all against you, Brendan. Yeah. You I don't go care, against I don't the trolls. I don't care if it's somebody that I completely despise. Right. If somebody like Brendan Schaub is going after a fucking content creator for fucking joking on him a little bit. And Ben Pixels hit us a couple times with copyright stuff and we fought it and we won. So this has been going on for a while. But after we fucking embarrass him, they don't hit us with it anymore. But, but he, he took down Bass Frequency's documentary of him. like Which was brilliant. Oh. Was great. Yeah. Those like, are the Take best. Take it on the chin, bro. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And then, like we were talking about with Stuttering John, I just did a, a podcast on patreon.com slash blind Mike, which uh, you can subscribe to if you're not already. Get these episodes a week early. Um, but I just did a, a quick episode talking about Carl's situation. And I was like, if Stuttering John just went on that podcast, and 
shit on Carl or made fun of himself or whatever he wanted to do. He'd be beloved by that fan base. They'd carry him on their shoulders. They'd be yep. chanting, stuttering John's name. <laughs> but he won't do it. He won't do never. it. He, he, won't, he, he won't do it because he, he, he thinks he thinks of himself bigger than he is. But it's like, listen, John, I've heard you on your show say you have to you have to borrow your, your neighbor's Wi-Fi, you know? You, you told me you had roach problems in your house, you know? You basically let a hooker live with you. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, bud, but you're not, you're not living this extravagant lifestyle anymore. You're not Jay Leno's producer anymore. And you know what? If, you know, Blind Mike goes on or Royce Lopez or Craig goes on their podcast and says, I have fucking roaches in my house and my fingernails are dirty and all that shit, and we laugh about it, it's hard to make fun of us because we're talking about, we're bringing it up and accepting it. John's problem is he kind he'll mention those things and give us a taste of that and then talk about how rich he is and how successful and famous he is. And it's like, dude, you're in denial. Self-awareness is what we're making fun of. It's got nothing to do with you as a, as a guy. The last time he performed in Tampa, he made for the whole weekend, he made a net profit of $200. Oh boy. Right, righteous bucks. Just yeah, so you know how much he's fucking big boys bringing in. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Not bad. All right. So Brendan is tasked with uh, going up against a fighter that is slightly better than him. <laughs> and let's see how he handles that uh, amazing underdog story. I would train so hard. I went MI from everybody. I did, I did no interviews. I couldn't even text my family and friends at night. My hands were shaking so bad I trained. Couldn't text. A week before the fight. I felt so much pressure like never before. It was one in the morning. I went to a 24-hour fitness to run these nerves off. Mind you, I didn't eat for the entire day because I was so nervous. I get on the treadmill. There's not many people there. It's kind of the weird situation at one in the morning. I would think and I'm that. running. <laughs> no, that's the, that's the time where most people go, actually. You didn't know that? At one in the morning, the gym wasn't packed. He calls it a weird situation. <laughs> yeah, one in the morning is when the homeless people go to shower there. <laughs> I, I like the idea of a guy walking into the, into the gym at one in the morning, not seeing many people there, and going, well, this is an odd situation. Oh, wow, my <laughs> yeah, machine's open. <laughs> Where are my groupies here to greet me? Why, why isn't there my uh, fan base? Uh, yeah, I know. So he gets on the treadmill. I'm on my back and I wake up. I can hear people going, hey, big man, get up. You all right, bro? Get up. I can hear him, but I can't see them. I went temporary blind for 24 hours, but I was temporary. Ready. I went temporary blind. I went, yeah, well, it's not a great sentence structure. I went, I, I went blind temporarily. I was temporarily blind. I Dare went you. temporary blind. Brendan, I'm full-time blind, you son of a bitch. How dare you complain about this? <laughs> I was going to say, well, let's pick a guy. Go watch Gringo Poppy. Folks. It's the best special. <laughs> By the way, while I'm thinking of that, have we promoted Revenge of the Sis enough? On po- I'm sorry. I, we, we oh, yeah. Remember that it's cool, man. Re- Revenge of the Sis. You have another though. podcast too, right? Yeah, Day Wave. It's right behind me. Uh, that's my morning show. I do that from 10 to 10 a.m. to noon every day. Go Monday to Friday. Go listen to both for more laughs like this. Royce mm-hmm. is uh, a hoot. Oh, um, all right, let's. Well, I want to finish this clip up. So he's he's passed that's, out. He went temporarily blind. That is the end of it. For a day. Just so you know that. Oh, was, that was the end. Yeah, yeah. I thought he had some another another bungling line after that. <laughs> oh, oh, there's one second. There's one second left, so you might be right. I might be right. Nope. Ah, damn it. 
<laughs> I'm always good with these things. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, he's, t- he's again, I don't know that that story happened. Like all he, so maybe it did. Maybe he lost vision for a day or something because he fell on the treadmill. But all he says is, I, yeah, I was pretty tired. I went to the gym at one in the morning. Probably not a great idea. He goes, I, I uh, get on the treadmill and then I, all of a sudden I was temporarily blind. I think the more realistic <laughs> thing is, uh, is Brendan, he, that's not a story. Yeah. He was, he was shitting his pants because Matt Brown was going to fuck him up and he was trembling <laughs> and he fell on his back and then he was embarrassed. So he went, Oh, I can't see shit. That's what happened. <laughs> you got, you got to give us a few more, more details. Paint a picture with words, <laughs> Brendan. Jesus. Uh, what's the next clip? Uh, has Brendan ever fought? That's the name of it. <laughs> it, it. So Brendan's amazement at his opponent makes me wonder that. Like I, <laughs> when I hear this, I think like it, this is his last fight in the UFC. He's a veteran at this point. It's very odd that he's not used to these things. It's finally the night of the fight. MGM Grand Las Vegas. I'm in my locker room and I'm warming up. I'm feeling good. And this is what they don't, they don't show on those behind the scenes, those 24 sevens. There's my locker room, the blue corner, and my opponent's in the room next to me. What separates us, about two inches of drywall. I can hear everything. I hear everything. So I'm warming up and I hear, wa-doom, wa-doom. What separates locker rooms it's not two inches of drywall if you've ever been to a locker room. It's like a concrete wall. <laughs> it's a cement steel reinforced mess that you can't hear through. I mean, every every look, every locker room I've seen anyway, right? Even for right. college sports, it's 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 a concrete wall. It's first off, why would you put drywall in a human locker room? Let's start with that. And no, you weren't, but but the problem with him is he said. When Brendan tells you a story, to me, it's like when a five-year-old tries to tell you a story, right? Yes. And then, and then, and then the guy was really big, and then I got scared, and then I fell, and then, are you listening to me? Yes. Are you listening? Yes. Okay, so, and then my friend Joe Rogan came, and he's big, and, and then, and I'm like, bro, Brendan, spit it out, retard. Oh, he loves, he, lo- he throw, loves throwing out Rogan's name in this and things like that. Dana White, as we said. He loves telling you who his friends are, which is weird because then he creates this David versus Goliath story where we're supposed to believe little Brendan Schwab is shivering in his boots as this behemoth punches the wall next door. Yeah, he's Brendan. It's not like he's the gladiator or something. Like, fucking stop. It's like, Brendan, I'm sure the guy is a monster. He's ranked second in the world. You're also an amazing fighter. Give yourself a little credit. You're 10th in the world. You're good at something. Talk yeah. about that. Exactly. Stick with that. <laughs> Let's hear the next clip. I think this might be a post fight, if I'm not mistaken. This one has like 20 seconds left. I don't know if you want to move on still. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. No. Oh, that's right. We didn't hear. We didn't hear the end result. His trainers, uh, you know, they, they try and calm him down from his fears. Mm-hmm. The fuck is that? <laughs> They look at each other and go, that's your, that's your opponent in the mitts, man. All <laughs> oh, right, like, you could do that. You could do that, man. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, we'll do it after. He's probably getting tired. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever you think, man. So Brendan is, his opponent is the dog in the sandlot. And Brendan <laughs> is just a little kid trying to get his ball back. 
Oh my god! And how and how long are people going to make a Brendan Chop forever? And <laughs> <laughs> fucking Benny the Hack Rodriguez over here puts on his fucking PF flyers and bombs five times in a row, and they cut the special up. And then he goes, "Why do people think I suck? I don't fucking know because you're an L seven weenie, probably." <laughs> I guess I'm very impressed. Three tags to my Sandlot reference. Thank you, man. I love that's Sandlot. very impressive. All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's great. What's the next one? The next one is front row. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, we're not after the fight yet. He's describing, I mean, talk about name dropping if you want to hear this, <laughs> but he's describing uh, the, the more shivering in his boots, the fear that he feels. So, uh, you know, if you've ever seen a Vegas fight, often uh, they'll show celebrities in the front row and things like that. First of all, I. I should have gone into the archives and found out if this was even true, but Brendan Schaub describes the uh, front row of his, uh, of his big fight. Yeah. My good friend, uh, Gandhi, you ever heard of him? (laughs) More into the front row. And I see Will Smith. (laughs) Shout out to Fresh Prince. What's up, man? Next to him, I see Ice T. I'm like, what's up, Ice T from... Long order SUV, I guess. (laughs) I gotta say, pause for a second. That is, what annoys me so much about that is like, Brendan Schaub is dumb and will mess up things like that in the special by accident. Mm -hmm. So to put in SUV that we all know, like, what's sad is imagining Brendan Schaub going to different comedy clubs and theaters and and doing that and saying from Law & Order SUV. And he probably did it over and over again. <laughs> over and over again. That's funny, right, guys? I'm dumb. No, no, we know. <laughs> we know. Brendan, 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 buddy, we know you're dumb. You don't have to keep telling us. It's all good, brother. We got we have, received. We have ears, buddy. We know. <laughs> don't focus so much on that. More, yes, think more about crafting a joke, perhaps. Yes. Stop leaning into how stupid you are. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Ice T from SUV is there. Who else? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Wish it was Ice Cube, but what's up, T? Oh, God. Next to him, I I see Leonardo DiCaprio, son. You're talking A-list. And he's with two dime pieces around his arm like this. And I'm starstruck. I'm like, oh, my God. No, certainly not. Are you Leonardo DiCaprio? (laughs) Jack? Pause again. Again, he is throwing a celebrity under the bus publicly. <laughs> now, by the way, do I believe Leonardo DiCaprio there were two chicks? Of course I believe that. Of sure. course. But also, he's also an actor who's in the spotlight, so he wouldn't be sitting like a fucking rapper with two his arms around the two chicks. He's probably sitting next to him. He's probably talking to them. But Leonardo DiCaprio also understands going to be cameras on him, so he's not going to be fingering one girl and making out with the other one like <laughs> Brendan Schaub's describing here, you know? <laughs> yeah, so Leonardo DiCaprio's just face-fucking his broad. All right, bro. <laughs> The thing I'm focused on is like, we know this is a fake story. Mm-hmm. So let's say DiCaprio, I'm sure he didn't based on his lifestyle, yeah. but let's say he had a serious girlfriend at the time. <laughs> Trump is just throwing him under the bus because this girl is going to look at the timeline and be like, were you with two women at a UFC fight? You told you told me you were making a movie. <laughs> Trump doesn't realize the consequences of his lies. <laughs> 
He's just ruining lives. Shop just has fucking a pile of ruined lives behind him. He's trying to be funny. And the problem is, would it be worth it if the jokes were killing? Of course it would be. But he's ruining lives and he sucks. And bombing. Yeah. Exactly. That would be a great... That we, we, we are, we're going to have to collaborate on an investigation. The butterfly effect of lives Brendan Schaub has ruined. I'm telling you, bro. The fucking thick, the thick boy effect. <laughs> thick boy effect. Um... All right, so DiCaprio, well, that's a big name. To me, that's not the most interesting person in the front row. Epstein there? From Titanic? <laughs> I've seen that 1,000 times, man. This is nuts. Fucking Jack's here to see me. This is nuts. Sounds focused on the and fight. The next to him, I see my ex-girlfriend. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, well, well, well. <laughs> Look what the cat drug in, huh? Couldn't get enough of the big Did man, huh? Enjoy the show, bitch. <laughs> was she Brendan? Was she really? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Did you, I'll tell you why. Why? Because why? It, he was dating Ronda Rousey, and she was then dating Travis Brown, his opponent. Oh, is that true? Yes. <laughs> oh, then say fucking Ronda Rousey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know. Now I'm even more mad because I was, I'm listening to this story like Brendan, the sheer odds that your girlfriend would be at this fight in the front row. That's impossible. He couldn't just say Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Oh fuck! Well, you know he—that—that's my point with him, though. Even like you said, you, the timeline things again. It's like, and my girlfriend at the time, anyone would be like, "Oh, so Ronda Rousey? Is that who you're talking about?" Because that was your girlfriend at the time. Again, ruining lives for no <laughs> the reason. The bit is funnier if he mentions Ronda Rousey. Yeah, exactly. he could make a joke about her beating the shit out of him or something. Something, just yeah. anything. She probably let's, did. Let's, just like let's start to mash our heads trying to write his jokes better because <laughs> we, it would be super easy. He, the problem with him is, is that like you said, he's too wrapped up on him. He's too wrapped up in exaggerating. Look, if there's something you know about any UFC fighter, they all think they could win. And and that's not something that they put on. Like anybody, they they have to. you have to. Anybody who knows a top tier athlete, it doesn't have to be fighting, right? NFL, NBA, anything like that. All of them, even the ones on the bench, think they are the best person there, and they could fucking beat anybody. Because that's the only way you become a professional fighter. You have right. to go no fucking fear. I'll fight anybody. These fighters aren't scared. And if they if, if they were like that, they wouldn't be in the UFC. So that's the other thing. He's pretending. First off, Brendan's too stupid to be scared. You right. know, right. he's too dumb. Like he doesn't sense fear. No. Right. The well, so the the problem it's been a through line of everyone we've t- Ti you saw it for sure with the situation. These guys don't have like a real perspective on their lives, which gives them it makes it very difficult to straddle the line that they try to walk of. I'm the greatest in the world, and I also suck, right, everyone? I'm just like you guys. Like he's trying to portray this, you know this rough and tumble kid who's scared of the big fight. And also like 
fuck you, bitch, <laughs> to, his, to his ex-girlfriend in the front row. I know. It's like, first off, if you were that scared, you wouldn't be thinking like, oh, look who came to see me. First off, the only thing you're thinking when you're walking up, there's like thinking of your training, thinking of what you're going to do, try not to get hit in the head. I mean, that's pretty much, don't get taken down. You know, that's what you're thinking of when you're walking up there. You're not thinking of like, oh, look, ice tea's here. Look at all of the, no, no, that's not what you're doing. And, and he exaggerates this thing because he's trying to be a multi millionaire UFC fighter every man and that doesn't work you 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 can't be an elite athlete a millionaire and be fucking ham and egg ham and egger like a fucking and that's what he's trying to mish together and that and that doesn't work like a good you could be fucking super rich and be funny look at Ricky Gervais's new special guys richer than fucking most probably probably any comic maybe except Chappelle right and uh, yeah. no more than him because he created the office. Yeah, he's gonna have a shit ton of money. Yeah, right. And he could be funny because you could be rich and lean into it. If, you, if you're good, you could be rich and lean into it. Like one of my right. funniest jokes, funniest jokes that, that, that Louis C.K. ever told to me was the special that somebody secretly recorded after the New York Times came out. He was he was working on new material. Yep. And and one of the jokes that he told he was like, you know, like <clears throat> I don't really talk about how much money I make because making forty million dollars for a movie isn't funny, but he goes after this New York time things, losing $40 million <laughs> is hilarious. And I'm like, there you go. You, he's a multimillionaire and he right. made it fucking funny. Right. 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 And, and, but Brendan, Brendan doesn't do that. He doesn't pick a fucking lane either. Either yeah. I'm this badass, look how funny I am, or I'm a fucking down on my luck loser. And they're picking on me. Let me go dox Bobby Lee's family. Like, all right, right. Man. Right. So and then the reason for that is because Louis C.K. was a self-deprecating, self-loathing guy for his entire life and then happened to get really famous and successful. So he still had that muscle that he could make fun of. Brendan Schaub and neither neither personality type is right or wrong. In my opinion, Brennan Schaub was wired to do a totally different thing. He's wired to beat the snot out of people right, of course. And, and, and pulverize people. And for that, you need a tremendous amount of confidence. So you can't be the self-deprecating guy. You got to find a different angle, which is hard for a guy like Brendan. Yeah, no, he's not. I mean, uh, some people, like, I think you're, I think you're right on that. You're hundred percent around that. Like you're right. Some people are wired a certain way. And right. I think it's, it's very rare, right. To be able to be really good at one thing and really good at another thing. Most people are really good at one thing, right? Like I am good. I specialize my whole life. If you grew up your entire life and you've been training MMA and jujitsu and that's in your brain and your brain becomes wired and you're the coolest guy in your class and that's who you are and you're a badass, Right. It's very hard when you're in your mid thirties to go, Oh, I'm going to try to wire my brain to be a comic now. And it's like, it's not, it doesn't work. It's no, there's you, three, like you mentioned Donald Glover earlier. And the reason yeah. he's so impressive is because he's able to do five things. Trem- you know, he's a writer, actor, uh, rapper, comedian, I think and he's, he's able to do all those tremendously. There's not a lot of Donald Glovers out there. And no, Shaw certainly isn't one of them. No, there's not. But, but here's the other thing, even with Donald Glover, you go, well, he stayed in entertainment. Right. Right. And I'm not, that's hard. Right. Too. That's like a great point too. Yeah, you're right. Too. But at least Donald Glover stayed in music, you know, TV, comedy, it's you know, the same mind, the right. same it's type right. of creative it, mind. It takes like, you know, 
there's a lot of good standups that are also really good comedy writers, right? Like a lot of people, I, I, don't, I don't mean to keep bringing up Louis C.K., but it's just a great example. Louis, you don't know how much stuff Louis C.K. wrote that he's never been in. Like the guy's a good writer. Sure. So I think you could, if that there's a comedic mindset, but going from like, that's like a fucking Bo Jackson's like, guess what guys, I'm a comic. Now you'd be like, no, you're not, <laughs> Yeah. you know? Right. <laughs> you are not. All right. So, spoiler alert, Brendan Schaub loses. I hope no one was on the edge of their seat for that. No, no he's a loser, so I figured. So, let's <laughs> let's hear the next clip. Yeah, uh, it's this one and then one more, but the last one's long. Perfect. I keep going, and then just the boo birds right now. I'm getting popcorn thrown at me. I'm like, oh, my God. In the corner of my eye, I see this mom with her two kids. She has some big okay, ass pause titties. for a second. <laughs> Hey, go go back to the beginning of that clip if you could. You guys are a lot like us, man. We pause a lot too. Oh, this is you this can't is not even it. half of it. No, we watched can't. an episode of Quincy the other day, and it took us three hours. <laughs> that happened to me too. Attempting to if I do an hour on it, yeah, but you know that's the way it works. Um, so fucking Shab is so he loses the fight. Mm-hmm. He's again portraying. We have evidence. I, I, Craig, you might know better than me. I didn't. I couldn't find the fight or anything. Mm-hmm. Were people throwing popcorn at him after he lost? That I don't recall, but I hope so. Like, like is that a, is that a usual thing at UFC that they're fucking like harassing the loser? No, they'll boo the shit out of you, but they won't throw shit at you typically. You're not gonna. Well, you'll get kicked out too. Like, okay. it, it, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think throwing throwing stuff at people sounds like something that would happen at an ECW show it's, in 1996. Yeah, maybe yeah, I'm dude. wrong. Maybe I'm going too far in accusing him of lying on that one. But it just seems like something that wouldn't happen. But. <laughs> But he's setting it up with the reason I'm skeptical, and this ru- I think this ruins your entire set as a stand-up. If the audience thinks you're lying, because that's yeah. all you're focused on, you're like, well, you're saying untrue things, Brendan. So why I'm not going to laugh at this anymore? It, you, you're taking me out of it. Well, you're right, and it's it's not even like comedians embellish. Obviously, that's part of the gig. But the problem is, is that you're embellishing the, the setup, which you don't need to, right? You can embellish the punchline. Of course, I mean, everyone does that, but, but you're, you're, you're factually stating something that I could yes. go look up right now. Yes, exactly. like, you know what? Yes. Even if you're a comic and you are going to lie, you can, if it's not on fucking national right. TV, right? Like, if it's, Hey, I was at Starbucks and this happened right. this morning, you know, of course, no one's going to go. Okay. That makes sense. People go to Starbucks, but it's like, Brendan, your fight was on TV. 20 million people saw it. Like <laughs> you, you can't now go, Oh yeah, it was this way. I'm like, no, it's not, man. Nobody was throwing popcorn at you. I don't believe you. It's um, wild. Which is why, even if this happened, <laughs> which seems, <laughs> seems far fetched to me. I really don't believe the story he's about to tell about this woman that he sees. No, I keep going. And then just the boo birds right now, I'm getting popcorn thrown at me. I'm like, Oh my God. And the corner of my eye, I see this mom with her two kids. She has some big ass titties. <laughs> She's like this. Oh my God, I could use a hug. I go in for a hug and her son, who couldn't be more than 13, goes, Ooh, mom, don't hug him. He's a loser. I'm a loser? I like the dumb fucking audience. <laughs> Fuck you, bro. He's got potential. That's the saddest thing. So he walks into the audience and hugs somebody's I, I don't even understand. You just wa- you saw a woman with big Is that on video? Because I would love to see if that happened. That feels like that would be something that would be on video. I'm looking right now. It would have right been a now. viral clip. It would have been a viral clip. Brendan yeah. Schaub, all fucking sweaty and bloody and beat up, walks into the audience and hugs a woman. Oh, I actually <laughs> yeah, have ESPN Plus woman. 
I have ESPN Plus now, so I'm going to dig. Please yeah. do. Because this is something that he should be called out for, too. Oh, so I could use a hug. Shut up. <laughs> why are you lying? What was the joke? And why are people laughing? What's happening? Like, there's people laughing. And mostly the people that I hear laughing are women. Do you notice that? Yeah. It felt like it was yeah. more women laughing than dudes. And that's because chicks just want to fuck a UFC fighter. You know, and that makes sense. I think that's a lot of, I think Brennan Schaub and Chris D'Elia's audience mm -hmm. are like, you know, frat bros that just want to fucking party and well, aren't, aren't fans of comedy. Uh, one of our, our well, uh, if it's Chris D'Elia, it's also probably high schoolers, but I hear you. One of our, uh, <laughs> one of our great patrons, our boy visualist Dave, yeah. I talk about D'Elia all the time. And I always say like, he has fan. I don't understand he has fans. Like he has genuine fans. I'd love to like get a Delia fan on and just interview them. <laughs> like, tell, like, what is it about it that leads you to this guy? Douchebag culture, bro. You brought it up earlier. It's exactly going back to what you said earlier. Yeah. It's this frat boy douchebag. Right. And by the way, and I'm not saying all of them because I really don't like Penny, but a lot of LA comics that I've watched cater to douchebags. Like, sure, they they cater to like you know. Brian Callen does that too, where he's Callen like, yeah, you know, it, yeah. Like, you know, we, we made fun of Brendan Schaub and Brian Callen. They made fun of us back. One of the few shows that we act, they, they actually said something about us. Like, yeah, these two fucking losers, you know, they come on and, you know, they don't look like they work out or crush puss or play a sport. Oh, God. And then See, I was about, I was about to say, well, that's what they should do. They should go after you guys, yeah. but not in that way. <laughs> like, what the but, fuck are you doing? But then I replied to, we replied to them laughing. We're like, is that all you guys think of is you think if you're getting pussy and dunking a basketball, that's what makes you cool. Like we're podcasters. I know we're I'm podcasters. We're I'm in the podcast. You know, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm a dumpy guy in a hat, fucking beard and a black t-shirt or a gray t-shirt. I all feel of us are wearing the same <laughs> uniform right now. I we're feel, <laughs> I feel attacked right now. <laughs> yeah, me, You and me both. Look, we're all wearing our official podcast uniform. And that's my point. It's like, it's, this isn't about being cool guys. This isn't about how much pussy you crush dude yeah. it's the fact that you're not funny and it's okay to be not funny i'm not getting mad at people for not being funny i'm not mad at brendan for trying i'm not mad at brendan for taking the money i'm not bad at brendan for making the special i am mad at how fucking arrogant he is about it because yes. he think he earned it it's you're right you could take the money but you know what you are then you're humble as shit right yeah you're humble because by the way his little story he's mr little humble brendan how come i never see that humble brendan where's that guy you know, the it's, only time Brendan cries is when he goes, they're bullying my family. I'm going to murder Bobby Lee. Well, it's a lot like, uh, I know you guys make fun of Opie as well, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, he's easy to make fun of. <laughs> so uh, the big problem, great and uh, guy that Opie point Hughes. this out a lot. What's up? It's a great guy that Opie Hughes. Um, uh, the, uh, the, uh, something Norton points out a lot is Opie's lack of self-awareness where he'll throw out there, he's like, yeah, I, I know I got problems. I, I try to take care of my shit. But then you don't do that. You don't actually acknowledge you have problems. So I could easily say, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, that gr I'm not that great either. But never work on myself. <laughs> yeah, no, Opie, Opie's great. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually the, one of my really good friends is Erock. Oh, is that uh, right? Yeah, like, we're, my movie go way back, like, years okay. and years and years. So Erock's my good buddy. And, um... That all made me hate Opie even more. Like he fucked people. Yeah, Opie fucked people. After, that were after loyal. being loyal for forever, he went behind the fucking scenes and he complained about everybody to HR. 
every single fucking person. It's wild. And you know everyone, what? We might have to have you on for an Opie episode. Yeah, no, dude, I, would love to, I know a lot about him and all the uh, that that entire fucking. Th- I mean, I was on Opie and Anthony once, and I was on Ron and Fez twice. Okay, so I've been to the Sirius XM studio and shit like that. And and Opie is an unmitigated prick. How long have you guys been? Uh, well, Reve- Revenge of the Sis has only been around for five, six years. But okay, I've, been, I've, I've been doing podcasting for like 13 years. Like but, but before before you could even like stream on YouTube, you know, when you had to just record it and upload it to fucking Apple. Right, right. You know? oh, I uh, I've been doing it for a really long time. Uh, oh, so uh, I forgot. <laughs> to get back to my point, Brendan Schaub has that thing where he's he tries to be self-deprecating and say like, Oh yeah. Like I, I was scared. I was nervous, but in reality, he's not at all self-deprecating. He thinks he's the shit. He thinks he crushes puss. So you should play to that. Like yeah. that's what you should play to is, you know, guys that like crushing pussy and partying. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead and play to that. Don't try and be us, you know? <laughs> yeah. Go the dang cook route. Right. You'd be the frat boy comic for a year. And then everybody forgets about you. Then you start dating an 18 year old girl. You met at a game night. Sure. Yeah. Normal stuff. <laughs> Don't tell Dane Cook in front of Craig. He gets very sensitive. He's good. Oh, He's no. Fine. He's fine. <laughs> is he? Yeah. Yes, he is. So, uh, <laughs> you said we have one more clip left? Yeah, this one's two minutes long. All right. So buckle up. Stop, you can feel free to pause wherever you want, Royce. Tell us to pause. Oh, no. Please go ahead. I probably, I love this stuff. Okay. My head's in my hands. The adrenaline from the fight wears off. The numbing pain from my lip wears off, and it hits me for the first time in my life ever. You will never be world champion. This is it for you. And I wish I could stay in front of you guys and say, I shed one like North Korean tear and moved on. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, my big ass was howling at the heavens. I was howling, crying. I'll give him, this is what I'll give him. I didn't love the joke that he made, but like, that's a, this is an interesting story to hear a guy after he just got the shit kicked out of him, realize like I'm done. First yeah, of all, he should have felt that way after the Showtime special though. Why wasn't he humble after that? I would have been. Well, well, first of all, Royce, I, it didn't, I hate to keep picking at this thing. It didn't happen. No, this, this <laughs> definitely know, did not happen. The reason his special is named um, "You'd Be Surprised" uh, you'd be surprised is because he went on Rogan, mm-hmm. started talking about a rematch, and uh, Rogan said, "Do you really think you could take this guy?" Ben Schaub said, "I think you'd be surprised," and Rogan said, "Really? Because I think you'd be surprised." <laughs> I remember that. That was one of my favorite back and forths ever. That's why the special is called You'd Be Surprised. <laughs> and he still lies about his thought process and says immediately after the fight, I was like, I'm done. Fuck. <laughs> it didn't happen. But because also, he, he wants to have a sitting on a stool deep moment, you know? Yeah. But I'll give him this, at least as far as storytelling, like with this part, he's got me. But this is where. You shouldn't be on Comedy Central. You shouldn't be on Showtime because you haven't developed the ability to take that interesting story and then 
craft a punchline after that story is a great story to tell on your podcast. Exactly. That, that's not a stand up comedian joke. Right. That shouldn't even be a joke. That should be like, you're talking one day and you're, you're doing a UFC, an MMA podcast, right? Which he does yeah. doing an MMA podcast being like, that was the day I figured I was done. And you'd be like, Oh, that's a cool story. This fighter's talking about, you know, and it, I would be, I would be, be like, oh, that's pretty cool, right? Like, I yeah. wouldn't have this resentment. But the fact that you're telling this is a funny story on Comedy Central, you're like, okay, but this isn't the the fucking place for that. Like, this this is a this is a, a story you tell when you're on fucking, like I said, some sort of MMA podcast. Rogan, Rogan, yeah. go tell go this tell is- it on Rogan where you did realize yeah. <laughs> that your career was done. Yeah, exactly. I would, I would love more than anything for him to tell this story on Rogan. Joe, Joe, Joe would be like the the puzzled face that Rogan would make at that would be beautiful. He doesn't have the heart to destroy him anymore. He's like whatever. <laughs> he's, he probably just was like, sure, Brendan, man, whatever. <laughs> All right, dude, sure. Let's uh, let's keep going. My coach is like, we're not equipped to deal with this. <laughs> they laugh. Way to go, guys. It's literally their job. Yep. And I'm so exhausted from crying, and there's snot. And I, I find myself on the ground in the fetal position. I look like a jumbo shrimp. I'm just on the ground, <laughs> snot bubbles, tears. I want to stay there for the rest of my life. People leave, Nothing they shut the lights happen. out. There's like a janitor. I'm nope. still there crying. <laughs> and in walks, I see a, a, out of the corner of my eye, a pair of sandals walks in. It's my best friend and partner in crime, Brian the Kid Callen. He walks up. I, I hate to, I hate to, again, another spoiler alert. I hate to keep spoiling this for people. He credits Brian Callen instead of Rogan. <laughs> I thought they well, were friends so after this. I didn't think they became I, friends till after this. I, I don't even know. Maybe they were friends before, whatever. They could have been. I mean, they, they very well could have been. But the we all know that Rogan is the reason he stopped fighting. He again lies about the people in his life and these very famous people that we all know and just credits Callen, which again, I think Schaub is like a simple guy. I don't think he's a bad guy necessarily. And I think in his mind there, he's like, I want to credit my boy, Brian Callen, but he doesn't realize how easy it is to pick that apart. Well, you know what? I would just say one thing to that. I, I would normally agree with you. I don't think he's a bad guy. I wouldn't. I would have agreed with you. I don't think he's a bad guy. Even even six months ago, but after right. all the shit he did to Bobby Lee, and after now suing, you know what? People, that's true too. Now my yeah, mind is changed. Now I'm like, okay, now you're being malicious, dude. Now, now instead of look, you know what a really good comic would do? This being made fun of, if you're a good comic, you'd be like, fuck you. I'm gonna make fun of you back. You watch how funny I am. I'm gonna own all you assholes. But he can't do that. He's not capable of it. So the only thing he could do is cry and, you know, fucking start a, a goddamn international incident with fucking Bobby Lee. <laughs> the the conclusion we kind of came, I'd be curious to get your take on this, actually. Yeah. The conclusion we kind of came to after listening to all the Tiger Belly shit, we broke it all down. And what I said was, Craig thought Kalila was lying about the whole thing, which I don't want to get into. Nah, Kalila right. too, by the way. She's a <laughs> I don't want to get into it right now. But my point was, I don't think Brendan was necessarily lying about anything, which kind of absolves him of being a bad guy. I think he's just a very gullible guy. And I put the blame on Callan, who they literally said was threatening Bobby Lee. Oh, Callan's fucking nuts. But here's the problem, though. The next episode of Tiger Belly, Bobby Lee's producer came on and he said, 
they said they were going to give us all this paperwork on how, and they didn't. Yep. So then I'm like, okay, so now you're you're being shady again, right? Like, let's put so this now out we know you're open. lying, Brendan. Where is that? How do you avoid that? How do you not address? And did he ever go on his podcast and say, "Hey, I know, guys, I said I would show the Tiger Belly guys no. this paperwork, but he uh, here are the reasons I can't." He did say of not. he did say that he would show them, not give it to them. He did say that. Which right. he, didn't, he didn't do that. Yes, he showed them. They just no, didn't. no, no, no. He showed, he showed them one piece of paper that had an HTML. He showed them like, yeah, like, yeah, like, like zoomed in screenshots, right? And, and they go, okay, but you know, you, you need. What are you talking about? You have like, say, just six hundred pages. What do you mean? Yeah, like this like, says Robert Lee at gmail dot com. Yeah, like, yeah. That's all you're showing me. You're not showing me what document it's on. Yeah, Mike. To your point, though, I think that's though that that adds to your theory that Schaub is just gullible. He's probably like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, that, I, that's what I truly believe, is that he's just a dummy. <laughs> I think uh, you're right. I think that makes sense, I think, because Bobby Lee invited Shaw back on his podcast, but Bobby Lee wouldn't even mention Brian Callen's name because Brian Callen was absolute. And Brian Callen is a hothead. We've covered this for years, but Brian Callen is somebody who admits like you'll fucking fight somebody in a club, you'll punch somebody. He, he gets aggro like real fucking quick. Sure, yeah, but he, he does. He does kind of have an anger issue. I also have somebody that defended Brian Callen against those quote unquote rape allegations. I don't think he raped anybody. I think that bitch is a liar, especially when you follow <laughs> back the story and then you fucking Hell find yeah. out who these people are. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you though, like this story almost made me wonder about that. Not that I have no evidence in either direction, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but like after hearing he threatened Bobby Lee physically and all that, Bobby Lee's a guy, he's fucking 4'11. <laughs> like he's a tiny yeah, I know, guy. Exactly. Yeah. So to fi- threat, physic- physically threaten him <laughs> does make me wonder, like, uh, you know what? Who the fuck knows what happened? You know? Right. Especially uh, over anyway, let's, internet. Let's come to a merciful talk. end on this clip, for God's sakes. <sighs> the old uppercut, huh? That's what Callan said to him, apparently. He, he puts he his talks. hand out. He picks me up. I look at him and go, I don't think this is for me anymore, man. He looks around and goes, I don't think it's for anybody. <laughs> Just to point something out, this is important. I think mm-hmm. this is important. The funniest thing he said all night was a joke Brian Callen said. <laughs> right. I just want to really put things in perspective here. The funniest thing he said this entire thing was a joke that Brian Callen said. Right. Yeah. Let me tell you guys something a comedian friend of mine said. <laughs> it would be nice. Would it be nice to have a comedian up here tonight? <laughs> but, yes, seriously. So all right. I'm, it, bring, I'm bringing. You know who picked me up from the floor? My good friend, great comedian, T.I. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he said, yo, homie, don't trip. <laughs> keep, keep in mind, this is a show that was started by Ari. I don't know if you're an Ari Shafir fan or not. I fucking love Ari Shafir. If I, anyone I, is for complete fuckery, like yes. just complete nonsense. Bro, amazing racist alone. Yes. He's, he's the goat for that. He did shit to, right now, like if you tried that now, you would fucking be sent to fucking Gitmo. And and he, he fucking is hilarious. He's also, he's also genuinely, he doesn't lie, like he's a dude that only has a fucking flip phone. He's the other one that, uh, if, did you hear the story about when he did the lie detector test with, on Luis Shea Gomez's oh, show? I watched it, yeah. yeah. When they asked Whoa. him if Brendan Schaub was funny. <laughs> yeah, dude, that fucking I bet Lewis is, bro, Lewis is one of my, one one of the people that I respect the most. Lewis is one of those people that, 
first people that actually let us like on his like show and stuff. Oh and yeah, flew up to New York and stuff. And yeah, because you know, Blues is kind of dude's like, dude, just come on, man. I don't give a shit. Because a lot of people are like, oh, Revenge of the Sith, they're edgy and they're gonna get us in trouble. And he's like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'll interview anybody. Yeah, so, he's been very good to me in very limited interaction. He's been yeah, he's he's a, he's 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 nuts. He will himself admittedly nuts, but he's sure. really is a good dude. But but yeah, that that lie detector thing, like that's that Brendan shot, like right there, like that's why I I like. Ari Shafir, when he asked him, like, do you feel bad for that Kobe joke? He's like, no. And then, like, the lie detector said he really doesn't feel bad. Like, I mean, what are you so, going to do? The only reason I bring that up is it's amazing to me, like, Brendan Schaub's instincts. This is a show created by Ari Shafir, who is just, like, a, the ultimate troll. He just loves fucking around. This mm-hmm. was his show. And uh, Brendan Schaub goes on it. And this is how he ends this story on a comedy show. <laughs> And from that day on, I've never stepped foot in a ring again, and I found my true calling. I'm on Comedy Central. I can't thank Justin, Eric, everyone, Ari, for giving me this chance. I love you guys. I will never forget this. Thank you. What the fuck? That's it. That was his closing joke? That's it. (laughs) Jesus. After all that, he ends with, thanks. (laughs) That's my time was taken. <laughs> I, I guess so. It's it, it's very bizarre to me. Now, you, we could argue: is that as bad as the Gringo Poppy closer? It's hard to say. What's the deal with marriage, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> How many of y'all marry? How many of y'all married, y'all? How many of y'all? <laughs> oh my God! Well, I think we've said we've about said it all on uh, Brendan Schaub. But yes, that was fun, man. Make sure. For God's sake, make sure you go listen to the Revenge of the Sis podcast. And uh, what's the other show you do? I'm sorry. I said it already. Daywave Radio. Daywave Radio, for the love of God. And you can find that where? Uh, Just YouTube, man. Just search for Daywave Daywave Radio. It'll come up. And Revenge of the Sis. Just search for Revenge of the Sis. It'll come up. Perfect. Uh, And just find our our stuff. We're a bunch of stupid assholes. Your fans will like us. Yeah. Like I said. If you guys like the shit we do on Patreon where we just shit on comedy, where we watch, if you put it this way, if you enjoyed us watching Tom Myers or an episode of Quincy, then I think you'll like these. These guys will be up your alley. So go you listen got, to You guys can come on, you know, every month I'm going to invite you guys on. We, we guys, we do a, uh, we do a, a, a Patreon riff every month of like a really shitty movie. Like this month okay. we just did the 2016 Ghostbusters, the all female one. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Uh, yeah, we do really shitty movies. So if you guys ever want to come on and riff one of those, you're more than welcome. We do the same shit with TV. So, that'll be fun. I, I would love to. And I can tell already Craig will fit right in with you boys beautifully. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, buddy. Roy Slopez, thanks, thanks for coming on. Go follow him everywhere. Listen to Revenge of the Sis. If you like us, if you want to get Patreon episodes a week early, as well as uh, TV time capsule, like I just mentioned, and uh, extra episodes of the Blind Mike Project and all of that. Go to blindmike.net. You can find all our links there. Patreon.com slash blindmike. Also, uh, subscribe to Craig's Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash very good show. Yeah, it's a very good show as well. Thanks. Uh, All right, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next week.